I thought I'd like to share a little bit, say a little bit about uh, meditation, about mindfulness of breathing, anapanasati. Uh, many people use mindfulness of breathing, attention to the breath, as their main meditation object for formal meditation. I think there are many good reasons for why it is uh, perhaps the most uh, popular form of, of formal meditation, certainly something that if it works for you uh, is, is very recommendable. It has a lot of um, potentials and, and possibilities in it. Of course, what is often said, the obvious thing is uh, breathing is something that is, is always with you. You cannot really stop breathing, uh, not for long. Mm, so at any time, it's something that we can um, attend to. And it is a physical activity, uh, so it's part of, it's, it's a good way of, of bringing um, attention to the body. There are many ways of, in which we can use the body, of course, to come into the present. The body is here, isn't it? We can feel it. And perhaps the breath uh, can be, uh, it's not necessarily the most obvious impression that we have of the body. But uh, in formal meditation, certainly if we can settle down a bit more with our attention and become a little bit more subtle, then it can be a very helpful aspect of bodily activity. It is a dynamic process. It's something that's always uh, changing. So it's an interesting one if you really get in touch with it, hone into it, something where we can become quite aware of the, the constant change in our experience you know, in, in, in a very quite refined kind of way. So it's a very good object of meditation for um, experiencing impermanence um, in a very intimate and very immediate kind of way. Also, two aspects of the breath, it's both an automatically regulated activity that the body does. So it is not something that we have to do, but at the same time, it is something that we, we can influence uh, consciously. So it's, that's very interesting, as in terms of activity of the body, it has both aspects to it. And in that way, um, that's one of the ways in which it also mediates between the body and the mind. It's both obviously physical activity, but you know, because we can actually work with this actively and intentionally, it's also directly related to the mind, to mental activities, and influenced by mental activities. It connects body and mind in very interesting ways, in ways that we can also actually get involved. Like if you do consciously slow down our breath, calm down our breath, it's something that can help, obviously, to relax the body and also to calm the mind, not to just take one um, fairly obvious example. And in the same way, uh, the passive aspect, we can, of course, also through just reading, listening to the breath, get very uh, interestingly in touch with how our, our body feels, but also what our state of mind is. You know? if, we, if we're agitated, we will find we breathe differently. 
you know, if you're anxious, if, you, if you're afraid, it's, it affects the breath. If you're relaxed, it, it affects the breath. So it goes both ways. You know, our, our states of mind will influence the breath. We can also, to a certain extent, influence our states of mind through actively engaging in with the breath and changing it. So that, that allows for a lot of possibilities, a lot of subtlety in ways that we can attend to the breath and ways we can work with the breath in meditation. So basically the, the encouragement of what I was talking about is to really make full use of those possibilities in, in your meditation if you use your breath. Um, you know, of course I don't know how it is for you, but sometimes we can be a bit limited or limiting ourselves in how we're using this tool. If you think about the breath or mindfulness of, of breathing as a tool, it's like having a hammer. There are actually quite a lot of things that you can do with a hammer, <laughs> the, um, helpful things as well as harmful things. Uh, but if you don't have much skill and don't really know how to use a hammer, then we become actually quite limited of what, what we can actually achieve as a hammer. You know? um, and ever more so, of course, the more how sophisticated and, and flexible our tools actually become. And the, the breath happens to be quite a sophisticated one. Attention to the breath. Both the breath and attention are very subtle and sophisticated things. No? When we bring them together, it open, opens up you know, a lot of, lot of possibilities. One thing that um, can be for, for people can become a difficulty with, with breathing, a mindfulness of breathing, is precisely that it can, it's, it's usually, uh, particularly when we calm down, if you, if you just sit, uh, meditate, a fairly subtle experience, subtle object for our attention. And also, if we just listen to the, the, the natural kind of breath, in a quiet situation, for a start, well, it's certainly not particularly, for most people, I guess, it's not particularly exciting. You know, it might not necessarily immediately attract our attention, like you know, watching a movie or something. It's not that much you know, immediately that's, that's, that's tangible that's going on because it's very subtle, fairly neutral. Even, well, it will probably for most people be calming. You know, sometimes if people have problems with falling asleep, you, uh, that can be an advice that you might be given, you know, just pay attention to your breath, maybe to get your attention away from maybe troubling thoughts or compulsive thinking, you know, attend to the breath, and then you're going to fall asleep. <laughs> and of course, for some of us, that can be the tendency of what might happen to us in, in meditation. Maybe when we start meditation, we find it's, it's still, you know, if you're new to it, it might be physically quite uh, uncomfortable, so the, the discomfort will keep us awake. Once we're becoming more uh, comfortable in meditation, then it's often the, the next problem that meditators work with that they get dull and drowsy and sleepy in meditation. Um, and that's often to do with the fact that our mind, um, what, what actually our, our state of mind is when we, when we go into formal meditation. I'm thinking about in terms of the, the energy, if you read the energy level of the mind. Usually it's just not, not well balanced. No, for actually paying attention to our experience in a clear and very precise and kind of relaxed kind of way. Usually we either have too much energy, say we are agitated, 
maybe with worry, anxiety, or, or just, just being stirred up, or having been drinking too much tea or coffee, or, you know, still um, the, a busy day that is still getting regurgitated in the mind, you know, or memories from the day, or, or, or problems that we have to deal with. And so the breath is just too subtle for a mind that is, that, let's say, in, in, in an agitated or coarse kind of energetic kind of state to actually stay with it. It's like it slides off, you know, it doesn't stay with it. You know, it slips off into the stream of mental activities which are just either more interesting or more exciting or just more, more powerful, just, just pushing the mind around so that it doesn't actually stay, doesn't stick to the breath, can't, can't do it. It's not refined enough, not centered enough. Or the other way around, we are just too tired. We are just maybe exhausted from, from work or from you know, whatever else. Or not enough mental energy, so then we try to stay with the breath. Well, maybe we are, not, we are not pushed around by internal mental activity, but we don't get a clear grip of it either because we are not present enough. And then we might just, okay, we say, oh, nice, here I am with the breath, and you know, one, two, three, and then the mind just, sometimes literally we fall asleep. Or even if you don't literally fall asleep, you kind of disappear in, in some kind of dull drowsiness or mental fog. We don't really, it might be peaceful, all right, but there's no clarity there, there's no present. We don't really know what's going on. So I think that's what mostly what people tend to, you know, certainly initially, um, struggle with, with uh, uh, trying to pay attention to the breath. So um, it's interesting then if we look at the, the standard instruction that appears in the suttas, you know, the, the, the Pali record of the, the Buddhist teaching and description, it comes kind of in four steps, a tetrad of four steps. It's, it's talking about knowing, breathing in or breathing out short, to know that we are breathing in and breathing out short. And when we are breathing in and out long, that we know that we are breathing in and out long. So that's those first steps. It's just about basic being with the breath and know, knowing what the breath is like. Of course, it just mentions they're short or long. You, you can extend that to whatever other qualities you, you can think of, whether it's coarse or refined, whether it's fast or slow, whether it's particular opposites that you can think of, where it is on the scale you know, from your experience your breath. What is the quality of your breath? Then the, the third one, though, then is to experience uh, the whole body breathing, which is interesting. And then the fourth one is to uh, experiencing the, the whole body breathing, calming down the bodily formations. So those are the first kind of four steps. This is very kind of shorthand, if you like, uh, explanation. It doesn't go into much detail, so it depends to a large extent, of course, on, on our interpretation, what we make out of that. But I think there can be quite a few helpful suggestions that we can take out of that. The more actively formulated ones, the last one, calming down all the bodily formations, it's interesting, it certainly, that comes last, that comes as a fourth step. No. So that for me is interesting to know that, first of all, if you just read how our breath is, is it short or long, is it coarse, is it refined, and so forth, fast or, or slow, has to do with, first of all, taking noticing what is, what is actually my my breath like and through my breath also what is my internal state of mind like what is the internal weather like what is what are my energy levels am i feeling just fine am i just am i awake and balanced or do i am i agitated or am i am i sleepy and I first of all know 
where you are, what the, the, the quality of your, your mind is like. And then we said reading, we, we get a reading from there that should translate into instruction and some idea how to actually engage with your meditation, how to engage with the breath. No. Do I need to actually calm down or do I need to actually raise up the energy? This would be two completely different or opposite things to do that we can do in meditation. Completely different uh, instructions which depend on how we actually read the situation that we are in. So that's actually quite important, first of all, to, to, to notice. So we don't go into meditation with a, with a preset idea, some kind of technique, some instruction that, okay, this is just what I'm going to do no matter what. I first actually notice, like, so what, what is actually, how do I actually feel right now? Which, am I actually in balance or if, if I'm out of balance, which way? You know, too much energy or not enough energy is one way of, of, of reading it. You know? And so then I'm actually informed through that information that if I pay attention, which is what mindfulness is about, I pay attention, I listen into my experience, then I should actually get some information back. If I don't get any information back, it means I'm not actually paying any attention. That's actually not meditation, that's not being mindful. No. If you're being mindful, then you actually notice there's something happening here. So then we actually process that information, and that information then should inform the kind of effort that we actually make in our meditation. And then the third one is actually to feel our whole body breathing. That's an interesting one for me because sometimes we can have a particular preferred idea or we might have picked something up from a book or heard something about that. Anapanasati, mindfulness of breathing, you pay attention at a particular point in your body. Some teachers or books or, or people you know, say what you're actually supposed to be doing is noticing the, the, the air coming in and out of the nostrils with the breath. Well, it's something that you can do. It's certainly one way, something that we might experience when we are breathing. But it's not what it says in the suttas. There's no, as far as I'm aware, there's no place anywhere in the, in the Pali canon, certainly where the Buddha says you should watch the air, notice the air coming in and out of your nose. He, he says, when you're breathing in short, know that you're breathing in short. When you're breathing out short, know that you're breathing out short. He doesn't say where to put your attention. No. Noticing the air coming in and out of the nostrils is a particularly refined sensation. If your mind is, if you're actually tired, that's going to be a very difficult thing to do. And, or if your mind is very agitated, it's very difficult to say, stay with such a refined sensation as like noticing the air coming out of your nostrils. So what's going to happen is exactly what I, presi uh, what I, what I mentioned. Your mind is going to, going to slip off or it's just going to go disappear into the fog after three breaths. Or you might actually strain by making the effort. And that's sometimes what, what I, another problem that I find can happen with people trying to do this mindfulness of breathing. You, you're really trying to hold your mind, your attention onto a very refined, specific point, just you know, air coming in of your nose, forget about all the rest of your body, and you end up with a headache you know, because you're str straining to hold your attention there. And you might, you're so busy holding your attention that you actually not even, might not even notice that you're straining, or you might feel that's how it's supposed to feel like. No. And particularly with the nose, as it's up there in the face, close to the head, it's often, I find, this is people can often end up with headaches, actually, just, just too much attention, strained attention. And, and 
in the head area. So then some people then said, well, if it doesn't work, it's too refined, good, and it's just too much up in the head. When my, most of us, we have too much energy up in the head anyway. Say, okay, we balance it by noticing the belly moving in, you know, with the breath in and out. That's fine. That's another thing that you can do if you're breathing. If you're breathing deep enough, certainly, or if your tension is subtle enough, then you'll feel uh, the belly lifting and falling, you know, obviously, in and the out breath can be a good balance, of course, because it brings your attention back from the head down into the body, perhaps a bit more, you know, centered in the center of the body as well. If you've got the problem that you feel is just, you're just too much up in the head, or you, you're getting headaches from meditation, or you can't stay, this is subtle sensations of the, the, the breath at the nose. Maybe the, the belly is something that you might find is a bit more easy to stay with. Again, I mean, the Buddha never said, nowhere in the suttas you find the Buddha saying, watch the belly rising and falling. Well, this is also a modern adaptation, modern interpretation. That's not what the Buddha said. The Buddha just said, if you're breathing in long, know that you're breathing in long. If you're breathing out long, know that you're breathing out long. So what I usually suggest to people is, for start off, to just ask yourself, how do you know that you're breathing right now? It bypass it avoids actually the trap of coming with a preconceived idea and imposing that onto your experience. Like now I'm doing mindfulness of breathing so it means I'm going to watch what's going to happen in my belly or what's going to happen in my nose or wherever else. No. It's an idea which we impose, you know, that we come already in with this idea, directive idea into our experience, which has already easily certainly, I don't know whether it needs to be the case, but in my understanding a tendency to move towards strain. If you just ask yourself, well, how do I know that I'm breathing right now? You're starting by listening to what is your actual experience. And that is paying attention. And then you're actually open to actually receive information. You're paying attention. You listen into your body. How do I know that I'm breathing right now? And allow yourself to be surprised. No, if there is a surprise, maybe it's not. Maybe it's just what you expected. But maybe, you know, you're feeling something different and it doesn't always have to be the same thing. And then this can actually also help us to open up to that third step, that third instruction is to feel the whole body breathing. That can be very interesting suggestion as well. See how, and how, how much of your body is actually involved with the breathing. No, because if you pay attention to the body breathing, obviously we do not notice the air coming in and out of the body. What we notice is physical sensations. So those physical sensations in our body that are connected to the activity of breathing or that indicate that the body is breathing. And well, ask yourself, find out for yourself, what are actually those sensations and where do I feel them? No? Then hopefully, what, what I would suggest, what I hope is that that opens us up to a much wider experience of breathing, of what, it, what is actually the body breathing. It's not something that's just happening in our nose. It's not something that's just happening in the belly. It's not even just something that's happening in the lungs. No, you might actually find sensations connected to the breathing anywhere or everywhere in the body. No, just, just, just explore, find out for yourself. As a suggestion that again, to take it really as an invitation to investigate to listen into your experience and to explore you know, and to open yourself up to, to find out more, to find out more things, to listen. And where, where else do I feel the breath? What else is involved with the breath? You know, it might also 
maybe awaken some interest, and interest rises energy and tunes energy. Also, that we actually really pay attention, pay attention, listen into, really looking for the information. You no, know, listening for the information comes back, and then process the information. Notice, aha. You no, know, how does the breath actually affect my body? You no, know, first of all, maybe just the physical experience. You notice, oh yeah, okay. Maybe I first notice something happening in the nose, but then I know, okay, there's something also happening in the throat, the breast, the belly maybe lifts. But then what else? Is it just the belly? Is there something happening in the chest? You know, what happens when the lungs expand, you know? Can I feel it in the back? Can I feel it on the sides? What's happening to the shoulders? You know? And maybe even beyond that, you know, if, the, if I feel that the body is, for example, getting energized on the, on the in-breast, where, how far does that energy go? Where can I feel it? Can I maybe even feel it in the hands? Do the hands feel different uh, on an in-breath than from an out-breath? Maybe, maybe not, but just, just, to, just to find out, to listen. And it doesn't always have to be the same experience, of course, as well. And then just also as the uh, last suggestion uh, about that, also to not be shy to get actively involved with the breast, to use actually the possibility that we can use the breath to affect actually our energy levels and to smoothen also the, the energy in the body and, and, and in the mind by consciously changing the way that we are breathing. So again, it starts off by, by listening into, well, how is my breath right now? How is my energy right now? And then, for example, if I notice that I'm feeling tired and lack of energy, you know, it's, it won't be very clever, I guess, if then I use a very passive way of listening to the breath in a very particular kind of spot in a very refined way. If I'm not very tired, I'm just probably likely just, I'm gonna, most likely just going to follow the tiredness into sleepiness, isn't it? So maybe I, if I notice I need to raise a bit of energy, then well, well, how about we try to breathe a bit more fully, no? consciously breathe a bit more deeply so that you get a bit of air into the system and with the air maybe you get a bit of energy into the system. You know, play with your breath. Do something a bit more active with the mind while you're actually listening to the breath, observing the breath. Because an activity, if you do something with your mind, it's easier to stay with an activity than with just a mind that's just offering kind of passive kind of attention, which is more refined. You know, an activity is easier to stay with. So choose an activity. So move through the body maybe with the, with the breath. Something that I often do at the beginning is like, I notice, okay, when I'm breathing in, I notice first maybe the belly starts to expand a bit, but then I, rather than just staying down there and just breathing a little with the belly, just feeling, okay, so I allow the belly to expand a little bit, and then, well, see, if I consciously try to really use the whole capacity of my lungs, fill up the whole lungs, you know, then just having consciously go through an upward, move, upward movement and just feel really how the ribcage expands, feeling as the, the lungs expand, feeling how the, the ribcage expands sideways, really taking up some space. And then even the back, notice how the back expands backwards. If you're, if you're tired and you're sitting a bit like crumpled up, you know, like a balloon that hasn't got much air in it, you know, this is all kind of crumpled up, you know. So if you, if you actually blow a bit of air in it, you know, then it straightens out, isn't it? All the creases come out and it, it grows, you know, it fills with air, you know. Feel yourself like your lungs filling with air. Notice how you actually start to take up more space. And if you, if you 
take up more space, you grow in all directions. No, not just the belly, your ribcage expands, you're becoming bigger, you know, the chest comes out. But at the same time, you don't just go forward, I mean, like the back also grows. The shoulders grow sideways, taking a bit more space. If you like, you can even imagine that your head is going to start to fill up with air, you know. Uh, and so the air, you know, filling up with air like a balloon, you know, starts to get an upward drift. It goes upwards. So you're going to take actually more space. You become bigger. See how that affects you. How that affects your, um, your energy levels, you know, the way you feel, the internal climate, so to speak, the internal weather. If you actually really consciously fill up the whole, the lungs with... You know, slowly, gently, but completely. So you're lengthening your in-breath. Keep breathing in, keep breathing in, keep breathing in until your lungs are really full. Then you hold it for, for a while, just feel that. Hopefully, you want to say something like a buoyancy. And then consciously and slowly let the air come out. And on the out-breath, usually it's, it's a very uh, useful for, for relaxing. You know, if the in-breath... Filling ourselves with air can help to lift the energy level and also in this way can help us to, to sit more upright, to adjust our posture, taking up more space, to grow in our posture, to not make us small when we meditate, but to be big, take space, helps you to open up to your experience. Then when you're breathing out, try without collapsing, then to use it to relax within that uprightness, within that openness. You know? So you take that space, and then you relax on the outbreath, you relax within that space. That's so one way that, that you can work with, you know, consciously engage with your breath. And then you can follow sensations or consciously move your attention to various areas in the, in the body so that you consciously include your whole body in the experience of, of breathing. So you feel the whole body breathing. You know, that's the third step of Anapanasati, experiencing the whole body breathing. See how much of your body you can feel in the, in the process of breathing. Try really to breathe with the whole body. No? And then you can use that. You can see how that, if you stay with that, no, it helps actually stay with the process of breathing. If you do that in an active way, moving with that, paying attention to those, all these different parts of the body that are involved in the, in the breath, and then to tune the energy. Until, this is almost like starting a motor or propeller machines, you know, you get in there and you, until this thing starts to hum, you know, and goes by itself. And you just start to feel, once it's actually the energy is right, then actually you, it becomes easier to just allow the body to just breathe by itself. Now you get out of the way, let it breathe by itself, just a natural breath, and you just stay with it and just listen to it. Getting actively involved, breathing more consciously, moving your attention, will help you to get the energy right, to stay with it, at some point, you might feel it becomes a little bit clunky or so, you know, a bit too coarse, doing something. You know, that might, that might indicate that your mind is actually ready, that you're ready, your, your attention is tuned, you're there, you're with it. And the body and mind are energized enough to just allow it to just breathe by itself and start to refine your attention so that you start to just listen, maybe more refined way to the natural process of the body breathing. And then you can alternate between those two modes. It might just work for you and just keep going, just go with it. Wherever it takes you, you might find after a little while that you've lost it again. You know, maybe the energy levels dropped again. You start and that your mind drifts into sleepy spaces again, or your your mind is just going all over the place again. When you notice, rather than just following the instruction, okay, when you notice a bend and then go back to the breath, that might not be enough. You know, you, you abandon that activity, whatever, whatever you got lost in. You go back to the breath, but you 
you do it by picking up the more active mode again in order to reinforce your connection to the breath and, and your capacity to stay with this until again you feel comfortable that the, the energy is kind of just nicely tuned so that the thing just moves by itself and you can start to move towards more and more restful ways of just being with your this experience of your body breathing.